welcome back to Atypical Talk. This is a podcast where we have conversations that illuminate the intersection of faith, culture, and the common spaces of our humanity. I'm Abby. I'm Allison. And I'm Joel. And to start off this episode, I want to ask you guys, if you could travel to any fictional place, where would you go and why? Fictional place. <laughs> yeah, fictional. As I say, so you start us off, Joel. believe nerdy things. This is like right up my alley. <laughs> I've spent way too much time dreaming about this. No, uh, for me, fictional place, but I get to pick a whole galaxy. I'm oh. picking the Star Wars galaxy a long time ago. You're not choosing just a sp- specific planet? I, I, I haven't because <laughs> I was like, you don't want to go there because, you know, I'd like to visit Tatooine, yeah. but there's like all sand and <laughs> desert. And then I'd like to, you know, go to Coruscant, which would be like the big, you know, city planet. But mm-hmm. I also want some peace and quiet. So I want to go to Naboo and like vacation in the forest <laughs> lands or indoor, hang out with... Uh, Ewoks, Ewoks yeah. for sure. Or go to Kashyyyk and hang out with Wookies. <laughs> I mean, all these things. And if people are listening to this and they don't know anything about Star Wars, <laughs> they're you're like, what? what language are you even speaking? <laughs> go to Dagobah and hang out with Yoda. All the things. I could yep. do this all day. <laughs> but I think the variety, you know, I, one thing yeah. I love about living in the Midwest is that we get all four seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, we actually get a winter, summer, a couple weeks of fall, it uh, feels yeah. like. It's and a we get a spring. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that. So I think the Star Wars galaxy, you could get a little bit of all the climates. You get to be around all these different cultures, in parentheses, aliens and such. <laughs> um, but I, I also have to say, I'd like to like visit the Star Wars galaxy, not when the Empire was reigning and ruling, because I think that'd be a now little oppressive. Really picky. No freedom. So I want like a post the fall of Emperor Palpatine. That's the Star Wars galaxy that I would like to visit. Got Is it. that specific enough? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think so. So I uh, am a weirdo and just a different kind of nerd than Joel. So for me, I chose Swallow Falls, which Joel's giving me this look like, what the heck? But it's from Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs because honestly, oh I can gosh. only dream of a place where like I get to live where food literally falls from the sky and not just like one kind of food it's like all different kinds of food you're just like the ancient israelites that weren't good with the manna (laughs) the one thing coming no i want the meatballs from the sky breaded tenderloins (laughs) all the things falling but if i had to pick a second because i was you know i went real deep into this i was thinking willy wonka's chocolate factory so i mean Duh, but clearly there's a theme going on here with yeah. me today. Endless <laughs> candy, endless food. Yes. I love that. I couldn't imagine being in like Willy Wonka's factory just because all I think of is the tunnel scene that terrorized me as a That's child. That's what I think too. It's one of the darkest things I've watched when I was a kid. I'm like, nope, still have nightmares. Can't yeah. do it. Even more than the flying monkeys from the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, that I didn't cried. do it for me cried. the same way. <laughs> oh, the things okay, that our parents about, let us watch. Honestly, right? what about you, Abby? For me, I would have to go to Narnia. Oh, I always loved Narnia. Me and my siblings, when we were really young, we would pretend to be the Pevensies and stuff. Oh. And I so would it's just sentimental. Yeah, yeah, it's sentimental <laughs> for me. I want to be able to actually have the experience of walking through the wardrobe into Narnia. To have having, some Turkish delight. Yeah, having farm, tea, yeah. Mister, with Mister Pevensey and stuff, oh, or not Mister Pevensey, Mister Tumnus. Tumnus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Abby apparently is the most spiritual one here because C.S. <laughs> Lewis wrote the Chronicles of Narnia, so you're so Christian. 
Well, my, I don't it even won't know be what to me. Say, yeah. <laughs> my second option is Middle Earth. You know, going to the Shire. Another I Christian think. choice, yeah, by yeah. the way. <laughs> Tolkien, <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Oh, I love it. It'd be I fun. Know. But you know, I thought about you know Middle Earth, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, I really like electricity and indoor plumbing. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's true too. Yeah. Big fan. Big fan. <laughs> That's fair. Well, our first article today is called Scientists at Work, Uncovering the Mystery of When and Where Sharks Give Birth. This is a pocket article by Hannah Verkamp. As hard as it is to believe, there's still things that scientists are trying to figure out about animals as common as sharks, one of those being when and where sharks give birth. Larger shark species can travel thousands of miles every year, making it hard to track their habits. To get more information on this, scientists are implanting birth tags into the uterus of pregnant sharks, specifically tiger sharks. These are tracking devices that don't activate until after the birth when it floats to the surface of the water. The birth tag has been used before on other animals such as deer. Even the length of pregnancy is not certain for some species of sharks. This study helps determine that as well. Tiger Beach in the Bahamas is a hot spot for female tiger sharks. The scientists conducting this study go here to carefully catch a pregnant shark to insert the birth tag. It causes no harm to the shark and is making progress on learning more about these amazing creatures. I am just in awe that we don't know this stuff. Yeah, that there's still stuff about animals in the ocean and stuff that we will probably never know. Like, I am fascinated with Shark Week every year, so it Mm -hmm. just, you know, uh, was like last week or the week before. But, you know, my question is, like, tiger sharks, like, in this study, they give birth to live pups, so Mm -hmm. baby sharks. But some sharks actually lay eggs. Mm-hmm. So how could this it be, be the same kind of species and be that different of a birthing <laughs> yeah, process? Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. So like, how do, this wouldn't work for that, mm-hmm. right? Because the tags have to go up with the baby sharks. I don't really know. It does just feel unbelievable that we're like, you know, 2022 and so far beyond the scientific revolution and all our advances in technology and cameras and all these different things. Mm-hmm. And we're like still trying to figure this out. Yeah. This doesn't feel like one of those things that are like, I would put on a list of what I assume would be the greatest mysteries, like how <laughs> right. they built the pyramids or something like yeah. that. Because this is happening today and mm-hmm. we still can't figure it out yeah. quite yet, which is amazing and just leads me to like wonder and yeah. awe. Especially because mm-hmm. like as Americans, we've talked about before, like we want to know the who, what, when, where, why of literally everything. <laughs> like we are not satisfied with things that we cannot figure out. So the fact that like we still don't have answers, I kind of actually love it, honestly. Mm, it is good. You yeah. know, our, our smartphones took away a lot of wonder from yeah. us, right? You know, if you were like woke up one morning and you're like, oh, where did Tom Petty, where was he born? It used to be that like you would <laughs> hey, let that Siri. wonder, yeah. you'd let that wonder sort of creep throughout your day and be like, I just don't know. And now yeah. I can just Google it or ask Siri yeah, or yeah. Alexa. And uh, so I, uh, I'm blown away by this and that, you know, there's something that is actually happening today that we still don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple uh, years ago, I was uh, watching the show and there was a character in the show trying to explain uh, that he thinks that Bigfoot is real. Oh. Um, and he was like making his case through a presentation yeah. to some work friends. And, and, and he just pulled up this study that from biologists, biologists have estimated that today there's 8.7 million species of animals in existence. But the kicker is only 1.2 million species have been identified. Whoa. Oh my gosh. 1.2 million <laughs> identified. But biologists, you know, experts yeah. in this field believe 8.7 million species are around. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. That is right? yeah. wild. So I'm convinced Bigfoot's Bigfoot's real too. Yeah, He's yeah. got to be. We just haven't quite <laughs> spotted him yet in HD 4K. But there's just so much yeah. in our yeah. this this good 
world. I mean, as a person of faith, I just some you know take a step back and I'm like, oh my gosh, God is such an incredible creative mm-hmm. creator mm-hmm. that there are all these kind of breadcrumbs to like the bigness and the beauty and the mystery yeah. that he is um, that blows me away. You know, yeah. there's all these people. I have friends that, you know, fall in this camp for sure as well that just feel like science is sort of in this like fight versus God, you know, science. You either believe in science or you have faith in God. And I just have not, for me, I've just not felt that tension uh, to me. Science just feels like us discovering God's footsteps after him. And it leads me not to like frustration because I don't have all the answers, but it leads me to a place of wonder and awe. Mm -hmm. In the Old Testament, it's interesting that... um, there's this command often to um, fear God. And we hear it in our English, in our modern times, and we think, oh, we should be afraid of God, like terrorized from God. But the word fear in Hebrew actually speaks to um, just awe and wonder. It's almost like this respect and reverence because there's this big thing that we can't quite wrap our hearts and our minds around. And so stories like this and the mystery that we still have, it leads me to just awe and wonder. And... um, and I'm kind of leaning into that space of feeling okay, not understanding everything and just sort of having my mouth wide open and mm. awe. Like, you know, yeah. I think that's a, a place that maybe we could spend more time in and stories about us trying to figure out how sharks right. give birth and where. Yeah. <laughs> like just a breadcrumb. Could there actually, could there actually be a Sharknado, you know? That's a real <laughs> deep mean, question. I feel like there could, honestly. We could discuss wait, wait, this later. <laughs> is this but, a real thing? I, yeah, I feel like... Listen, tornadoes are a thing, right? Yeah. Water I, I, I do believe that. Thing. Let the record show I do believe that. Water spouts have lifted animals out of the water and thrown them onto the beach still alive. So honestly, mm-hmm. I mean, we'll just leave it to wonder, but I'm just going to say I feel like it's pro- probably not a, what was the guy's name? Ian, what's his face from, that was in those Sharknado movies or whatever one also was in Beverly Hills 90210 way back when I was a kid. Oh, I don't know any of those actors' names. <laughs> <laughs> You're too young, too young. But anyways, I'm not saying it would look exactly like but I'm just saying I haven't seen it yet but I'm waiting that's why I don't live next to the beach because I don't want tornadoes and hurricanes throwing (laughs) things up on your window yeah yeah exactly Sharknado (laughs) now we've really taken a turn but let the record show that when the Sharknado movie came out that I had a viewing party at my wife and I's house and we had like shark themed snacks and we watched Sharknado which won the award at the Oscars for the worst film that I've ever seen. <laughs> I was going to say, you're yeah. making fun of me at you at a viewing party I for don't know Sharknado. the actors' names, though. So. <laughs> I just remember him from Beverly Hills 90210. <laughs> I love that. That's my life. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I love sharks. I love that we're discovering more about them as time goes on. Yeah. yeah. Fascinating. Our next article today is titled, Preacher and Wife Robbed of $1 Million in Jewelry During Sermon. This is a religion news article by Michael R. Sisak. A preacher in New York City, Bishop Lamour Miller Whitehead, was robbed during his Sunday morning service on July 24th. Several men with guns came in and took the jewelry both him and his wife were wearing. It ended up being over $1 million in jewelry. It's assumed that he was targeted because of his flashy lifestyle. He f- he frequently is seen driving around in a Rolls Royce and hanging out with the New York City mayor. 
In an Instagram post Sunday, Miller Whitehead defended his bling-loving lifestyle, saying he's going to live his life the way God has it set up for him. It's not about me being flashy. It's about me purchasing what I want to purchase, and it's my prerogative to purchase what I want to purchase. It's wild to me that he had that much jewelry, jewelry and that could was still that walk expensive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On him during a Sunday morning service. I mean, Joel only wears half a million during his... <laughs> <laughs> only during Easter and Christmas. Yes. Yeah. Peak season. He's really holding back on us. Yeah. I mean, on one hand, the guy is human, so yeah. he can do whatever makes him happy, right? Like, mm-hmm. by all means, if that's what makes you happy, do that. But what's the perception, too? That's the other part I think of, like all these people that are coming to your church like or that see you like i don't know what what are you throwing off uh when you're walking around blinging like that mm-hmm. i don't know i have so many questions <laughs> i know so many thoughts and you know it is you know i kind of do have to look at this from a couple different angles because i mean this is really a conversation about modesty and this is a conversation about humility and consumerism and all these different things and um i just can't wrap my head around the million dollars of jewelry but also um this is a subjective thing Mm -hmm. you know like it for somebody um living in a certain culture um maybe in a, a developing country the fact that we would wear different jeans or a different pair of shoes more than once a week would be considered immodest mm-hmm. or showy or ridiculous because our shoes cost more than a month's wages. Sure. Um, so there is that kind of subjectivity, mm-hmm. but I still lean into like what is wise and what is modest, even in your own culture. You know, it's interesting about modesty um, because there's a huge conversation in uh, faith circles, and it always is pointed at women um, about, you know, make sure that you're modest and have a modest culture and what you wear, make sure you're not making men, boys stumble mm-hmm. in their thoughts and all this kind of stuff. And so we, we, we tie just in our kind of coming out of hopefully purity culture in evangelicalism, we tie modesty to like this only sexual thing. But in the Bible, every time, almost every single time that modesty is talked about, it's not talked about like, what, if you're wearing yoga pants or how short the shorts are or whatever, or what you're showing of your skin, it's actually talked about this warning about materialism. That's what biblical modesty starts at. In the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament, um, Isaiah is throwing down on some people that have um, just really lost the plot and made it all about what they could consume. In Isaiah chapter 3, verse 18, he says, In that day the Lord will snatch away their finery, the bangles and the headbands and crescent necklaces, the earrings and bracelets and veils, the headdresses and anklets and sashes and perfume bottles and charms. Sound good, right? The signet <laughs> rings and nose rings even, the fine robes and the capes and the cloaks, the purses and mirrors and the linen garments and tiaras and shawls. Talking about all these fine things that would point attention to them. New Testament, one of Jesus' closest disciples, Peter, uh, writes that uh, our beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. This wasn't about making sure that men don't stumble. This was about living a life of humility and not trying to draw attention to ourselves by what we adorn ourselves with. It's this warning against 
trying to look good instead of being good. It's, it's mm-hmm. this warning against buying the thing that will make us fit into a certain crowd or make people look at us and respect us or have awe towards us. Mm-hmm. And, um, and again, this is messy and subjective and gray for what it looks like in your culture, but over a million dollars of jewelry, I just can't wrap my head around how that yeah. would fall into any definition of biblical modesty, mm-hmm. in which, which can the record show, this is for men and women, for people. And, um, you know, Allison, you said that, you know, he can do whatever makes him happy, and he can, um, you know, and we have to decide, um, you know, we can decide if we're going to follow Jesus, but we can't decide what following Jesus looks like. Mm-hmm. We can't redefine these things. Mm-hmm. And um, I would hope that there were some elders, leaders, overseers in a church community that would say, hey, Joel, stop wearing the new pair of Yeezys every week <laughs> right. or whatever that might look like because it doesn't fall into modesty. Well, and part of that, too, is like I would never want someone to look at us and think that we were using the money that they are giving to the church unwisely. Like, oh, your salary is so large. This is what you, you know, are able to do with it that we weren't like giving back to the community or, you know, those kinds of things like you mentioned um, just kind of living a modest life following Jesus. But like for me, if you want to come uh, rob me the next time I'm uh, giving the talk, you'll get about $20 in a rubber wedding ring that I now wear and um, some fake earrings that I have. In. So uh, any, you know, thieves listening to the podcast, uh, I'm not your girl. Uh, it won't be me. But yeah, it's just, it's, Crazy. And the fact that this happened on a Sunday morning in the middle during of church. The service. Like, yeah. that blows my mind, too. I just want to listen to the, this church's podcast and know what he was preaching about that morning. <laughs> That's really the thing. What How, was the thing that really yeah, took it over? Yeah, and the, the people that were sitting there, like, what was happening while this yeah. was going down? Like, mm-hmm. it, it blows my mind. Yeah. The and the robbers, the robbers didn't ask for anything else. All they wanted was the pastor and his wife's jewelry. They didn't, they didn't go after anyone else in the congregation, so they knew what they, they were coming yeah, for. Yeah. They knew what they were coming for, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, and, yeah, again, I, I, I want to, you know, lean into both realities, and, you know, it, it's really easy for us to have a conversation and and just be judgmental towards somebody who, you know, might be wealthy or has a lot of wealth, and I don't think that's that's really not the conversation. Uh, Mm -hmm. John Wesley, who's the founder of Methodism and the Wesleyan Church, he has this uh, quote. He he had an incredible sermon back in the 19th century about the use of money and the purpose of money. And John Wesley himself uh, said, earn all you can, give all you can, and save all you can. And I I love that perspective because um, it doesn't like shame people that have big paychecks Mm -hmm. or have wealth and um, wealth just for perspective, if you live in the in the United States of America, you are wealthy. wealthy. Yeah. So on the scale of the world, you are. But wealth itself is not a wrong thing. But um, it does lead us to responsibility. Mm-hmm. Was it Jesus or uh, Uncle Ben from Spider Man who said, <laughs> "Great power comes great, great. responsibility"? <laughs> yeah. um, because you know you are responsible to do more good and to be more generous and to make a bigger impact with the resources that you do have that are above and beyond. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I think that that's another angle where you don't want to like shame and look down on somebody because they have wealth, but man, we have to like, let 
the scriptures read us, not just to read mm-hmm. it and be like, well, mm-hmm. this person's not modest, this person's not modest, but how are we living a life that it, it leads to an impact and it leads to the light not pointing at us like we're the big deal? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I, you know, I want to spend the conversation is like, it's, it's kind of laughable, the million dollars yeah. thing, but how mm-hmm. are we like, living out that modest life and how are we using the responsibility that we have in our wealth and with different zeros at the end of it to uh, make a difference. Well, our next question for today, another fun one. What is your favorite TV show theme song? Go for it, Joel. Oh my <laughs> this is so sci-fi and nerdy of me. <laughs> We're shocked by that. Yeah. Um, and there's, I didn't watch it until a couple years ago, but in 2002, there was a short-lived Fox sci-fi Western that only had 14 episodes, which is a travesty. <laughs> it's incredible. Called Firefly. Uh, have, you, yes. have you heard of Firefly? Heard of, yeah, yeah. So everybody should go watch it. I think it's currently streaming on Hulu. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's only 14 episodes, and I've probably watched it two or three times to my wife's chagrin. Um, <laughs> but the theme song is just this perfect amount of like cheesy Western and then sci-fi lyrics that I love singing it, and my wife hates it so much. <laughs> and so it's the funniest thing. Like It's like this twangy thing. We should just drop it in. Yeah, I was gonna we say, should drop yeah, it we'll in. Drop them in. I've never heard it, so oh, I'm going to need so <laughs> awesomely bad. <laughs> But I love the lyrics. Take uh, take my love, take my land, take me where I cannot stand. I don't care, I'm still free. You can't take the sky from me. Um, it's like the dumbest, awesome thing. Wait. But it's like the greatest themes, theme song um, ever. So I hope mm-hmm. that somehow from you know the millions of people that listen to the Atypical Talk podcast that we can start a petition to bring Firefly back. After <laughs> There's all. probably already one started. There are so if many. it was as good as you say. There are so many, actually. There's a change.org petition that had over a million votes on yeah, it. So yeah. it, still nothing? Still nothing. I don't think the actors want to make it happen now. No. But anyway, <laughs> but it's awesome. That's my favorite. Firefly, check it out. Okay. Uh, for me, sentimental uh, theme song that I love is... From the Gilmore Girls. I know that's probably... It's a bop. It it's a bop. is a bop. Carol King, Where You Lead, I Will Follow. It's so good. Yeah, I can't stop thinking about it. I love it. Where you lead, I will follow anywhere that you tell me to if you need... One that my husband absolutely hates, though, because the girls and I uh, used to watch it all the time, and the theme song was so much louder than the actual show <laughs> was from One Tree Hill. I don't know if you're Gavin mm-hmm. DeGraw. Is this okay? I'm DeGraw, like, are yeah. you, is this ringing a bell? The I don't want to be. I don't want to be. Anything. Yes, that's their theme song. <laughs> it sounds just like that. <laughs> but for some reason, the intro, the theme song was so loud and he'd be upstairs trying to watch something else because he, mm-hmm did not care at all about One Tree Hill. <laughs> and it was always just, he would crank his TV up during the theme song and then he would have to crank it back down. So <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> he can't hear it now in the truck without just wanting to like, you know, plug his ears or something. Okay, Abby, <laughs> I'm so excited for your Yes. Yeah, answers. yeah. So I'm a kid of the 90s, early 2000s. So I was debating between several different ones. I love Fairly Odd Parents. 
uh, Ben 10. These are all cartoons. Oh, for, these like, yeah, yeah, these are old cartoons from the early 2000s. But I think I'm going to have to go with the classic Scooby-Doo theme song. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Scooby-Dooby-Doo, where are you? We got some work to do now. That was my favorite. I loved it. I, I think Scooby-Doo kind of got me interested in, like, mysteries and stuff when I was younger. And so that's super nostalgic for yeah. me. Yeah. I feel like that's, you know, theme songs. We got to drop these. They get you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a banger. Scooby-Doo, right? <laughs> Listen, Fairly Odd Parents, that'll get stuck in your head. Yeah, it does. So just wait you people on the podcast and thank us later <laughs> yeah you'll have multiple theme songs stuck in your head after today well we are going to take a quick break joel is stepping out our friend andy is coming in she's going to join us on a conversation about body image issues uh but joel is going to be stepping out on this conversation so thanks for joining us on she this keeps saying half. stepping Step out yeah. but i'm getting kicked Booted. out no yeah i'm so excited to learn from this conversation and um yeah i'm pumped about it Welcome back to the back half of the episode. We have a guest with us now. Woohoo, we're so yeah. excited. Yeah, Andy's joining us. She volunteers in the band playing piano and singing, and she's just an amazing person. So cheery, so happy all the time. We love having her around here at Bridgeway. Yes, and she's getting ready to go to college, which for me is like super sentimental because I've known Andy since she was literally an infant so it's uh bittersweet because so excited like this next chapter of her life is going to be so exciting so i'm just i'm glad you're here for one last hurrah yeah i'm going to ball state university i'm going to study interior design and minor in spanish so i'm nervous but i'm really excited <laughs> yeah. i think it's going to be a fun part of my yes. life freshman yeah. year is always you know this weird tension combination of nerves and also just excitement so yeah 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 Fun. yeah andy and i just had lunch together and we were talking about her studying interior design and i'm just so excited for her because it just sounds so cool yeah. and i think she's gonna be really great at that she is so yeah. you know yeah. look her up in about four years <laughs> <laughs> she will be famous on hgtv exactly one can dream right <laughs> So today uh, we had Andy come on because we are talking about this song called Victoria's Secret. It's a song about body image issues, and we wanted to have different perspectives from different ages. So, you know, the three of us are in different stages of life, and we wanted to have different inputs on this. And so a little bit about this song. Uh, it's written by a woman named Jax. Her name on TikTok is Jax Writes Songs. She's a very popular TikTok star with 11 million followers. Her platform mostly features her making songs out of silly things like If Barbie Could Speak, Party in the USA from the Uber driver's perspective, <laughs> and My Grandpa's Favorite Energy Drink, and other fun songs that feature her friends and family. Some songs are original and some are parodies of existing songs, but her current hit right now is a full-length song titled Victoria's Secret. She wrote this song for a girl that she babysits who was bullied by other kids when she went shopping for swimsuits and was told that she's fat and flat. She says the whole point of the song is to say that the perfect body doesn't exist. The idea of a perfect body was fabricated. Here's part of that song now. God, I wish somebody would have told me when I was younger That all bodies aren't the same Photoshop, bitty bitty models on magazine covers 
covers Told me I was overweight I stopped eating What a bummer Can't have carbs in a hot girl summer If I could go back and tell myself When I was younger I'd say So there's a little bit of that song. What are your guys' initial thoughts on that when you first heard it? For me, it's a bop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I love that song. One, just the vibe of it, I love. Um, It's one I feel like I can just crank up in my car and, you know, scream for all eternity, (laughs) too. But I also love the message, obviously. Um, I have two girls, uh, one's 20, one um, is 16. And so they hear a lot, like we all do, about what your body should look like, quote unquote. Um, I know you can't see my air quotes uh, (laughs) over the podcast, but what your body should look like, whether it's in a swimsuit or otherwise. And, um, you know, for me, just being female, like those messages have also been just compounded by, um, you know, the beauty industry uh, that's basically designed to make you feel like insecure, like you need to fix all your, again, air quote, flaws that you don't actually have. So it's just, you know, they experience this culture, mean girl culture and competition Mm -hmm. and all sorts of stuff. So I love this just kind of summer anthem that she has um, thrown out. But I'm, I'm also, I don't want to say I'm old, but I'm also (laughs) in my 40s, you guys. So I have a very different view on a lot of things. So what, what's kind of the teenager view? I definitely agree with like the, definitely the body positivity aspect of it. I think that you know, just coming out of high school, I think a lot of high school girls are worried about what other people think about them. Mm -hmm. I think it's very accurate, you know, the things that she says in the first verse about, you know, being, I don't know, just the expectations of the people have of what your body should look like. I feel like a lot of high school students struggle with that. I think it's very accurate and I think it's like relatable for Mm -hmm. people my age. Yeah. And, you know, I think more recently, Thankfully, it's uh, kind of we've come a long way in like recognizing like body image and just the need for positivity in that area to kind Mm -hmm. of counter the Victoria's Secret kind of messages that we get. But um, I was reading something that said uh, Harvard researchers said that it takes five positive comments to counteract the effect of one negative comment. That means we have to meet the ads, the billboards, the magazine covers that constantly tell us we're not good enough with a tsunami of body positive content. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. You know, five positive comments. And a lot of us are not great. I don't know about you, Andy, but I know I'm not great at the self-talk either. Mm -hmm. So the fact that, you know, you're, you're seeing it in ads and different things, and then you're telling yourself those things. Yeah. Having, you know positive side of things is so much harder to come across mm-hmm. for sure especially when you see it everywhere I was gonna say so on social media how is it like yeah. for you I think I see probably more people on social media with the 
just as much as you do with ads, all mm-hmm. the, you know, the idea of a perfect body. Like, there's mm-hmm. more people posting on social media and Instagram, especially yeah. with, the, you know, the ideal body than there is people who, you know, maybe think they don't have the mm-hmm. ideal body. Yeah. 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 Influencers. Yeah. I got yeah. an ad on TikTok to get today that I wanted to bring up, and it was... It was average size women and they were advertising, you know, oh, I overeat. And so I had to download this app that helps you so you don't overeat. And it's like, these are average size women, even if it was plus size women, that doesn't matter. But it's like giving people an eating disorder, making them self-conscious because they were just talking about like having snacks throughout the day. I'm like, I have snacks. (laughs) Like, I don't feel like I'm overeating and stuff. So, you know. Seeing just a simple ad like that made me a little self-conscious and made me a little upset about it. Yeah. Well, and, you know, one of the reasons that I wanted to talk to Andy and have her on is because, you know, a lot of times we think body image issues are um, women who might be a little bit bigger than the norm or Mm -hmm. whatever the norm is. But Andy, even though you can't see her on the podcast, (laughs) is not bigger than the norm by any stretch but you've always been very slim so yeah do you hear comments the other way because I also see people body shame on social media for people who are too thin which it's like what what do you want us to do right. as far yeah. as yeah. body size for sure that does does happen or has happened for me I think you know I get the comments like eat a cheeseburger or people making assumptions that just because I'm thinner means that I don't eat enough or people in middle school like would make comments about like me being anorexic or being like scary skinny but what is what even does that mean yeah yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, I definitely would get that end of things people making me feel like I'm too skinny or that my body you know wasn't normal just because I was thinner right Mm -hmm. yeah it's mind-boggling the fact that like there's no win. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like there's no, no. win. You're mm-hmm. too small. You're too big. You're, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what What can we do? <laughs> or like, what is society doing or showing us that, like, how are we supposed to win? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And one thing I love, I uh, was watching an interview with Jax earlier about the song. And she was saying, like, there's no such thing as a perfect body. Right. Like, no one's going to achieve this perfect body. Even with surgeries and stuff, right. you can't achieve yeah. it. And so I'll make sure to link that in the show notes. But, you know, we we all want to have that perfect body, but we don't know what it looks like. Well, and we I can't feel like achieve it, it. Yeah, I yeah. feel like it changes too. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, decades ago, the perfect body was a little bigger and a little mm-hmm. more voluptuous or whatever you might want to say. <laughs> but, you know, so it's just, it's constantly changing too. So to try to live up to some sort of standard, mm-hmm. you know, next year, it could be totally different. Yeah. So yeah. there's just no, you know, I guess me having kids and having influence over, you know, teenager kids as well. It just, I don't, I want them to realize that like, that's not achievable. Mm -hmm. Like, sure, if you like to work out because you want to be strong and you want to see what your body can do, like, yes. Mm -hmm. If you're working out because somebody told you that you're too big or that, you know, you're too weak or Mm -hmm. something like that, then 
that's a no. Yeah. You know, yeah. but um, eat a cheeseburger if you like <laughs> cheeseburgers. Yeah. Yeah. Don't if you don't. You mm-hmm. know, what? it's kind of one of those things like be healthy, be strong. We want you to live for a very long time. But whatever mm-hmm. that looks like for you, like do more of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, on the note of things changing all the time. When I was in high school, the big thing was thigh gaps, you know, having a gap between your thighs. <laughs> yeah. And that went away so quick, but there were girls who wanted to have that. And so, you know, it's never going to be achievable because right. of how often that changes. And so you just need to be comfortable in your own body. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, you know, it's just interesting too with Victoria's Secret, like it was founded by a man, but initially it was targeted towards men to shop for their significant other or whatever. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until, you know, later that then it was actually targeted towards women. Um, So I don't know. It's just, it's so interesting just how things Mm -hmm. change. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like you said, with the, the thigh gap thing, like people are always like pointing out like that I, you know, what maybe their body doesn't look the same as mine. And yeah. sometimes it honestly, I mean, they mean it in a positive way most of the time, but sometimes it gets to the point where it's like, you know, why do we have to talk about it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why do we have to talk about what your body looks like in comparison to mine? And it makes me uncomfortable sometimes in a way that I don't want to, you know, offend other people because yeah. they're making these statements about the way that I look. Mm-hmm. And I don't have those negative thoughts about other people most of the time, but I don't want them to think that I do. Right. Or, yeah because they made those comments. But. Mm-hmm. So as you're getting ready to go to college, like, I mean, you already have a lot of fears and, yeah. you know, like, am I going to find my class? Am I going to be late? Yeah. How long is it going to take me? You know, am I going to have anybody to eat with at lunch? These kinds of things. But like going into it, you know, and even back to school, like, is that a concern you had? Like when you were back to school shopping or, you know what I mean? When you think about making new friends, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I haven't been a teenager in a long time. So <laughs> tell me kind of some of the thoughts that are kind of going through your head as you're heading back. I mean, yeah, especially with like you said, shopping for, for mm-hmm. clothes. It's, it's really hard for me to find clothes because I am so tall yeah. too. And some of the stores just, they don't offer clothes for my body type because yeah. I'm so tall and I'm thin and like I can't find sizes in the store and then they don't have them online or they just simply don't exist and so Mm -hmm. it's hard to find clothing for school Mm -hmm. and then like like I was saying people make comments about my body compared to theirs and I'm just you know I'm always afraid that people are going to assume that I have you know negative Mm -hmm. a negative perspective of the way they look because I don't look the same and Mm -hmm. I worry that's going to affect like my ability to make friends when, because that's not how I am or how I want no, to be, but yeah. it's, I'm worried that's how I'm be perceived. Yeah. Well, and I saw a picture the other day where you were on the lake or something with a, a group of friends, and um, I loved it because there's there was every single body type yeah. represented in that photo. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I'm like, this is what, you know, life should be like Mm -hmm. you know it's not like Andy only has friends that are also thin or you know that she Mm -hmm. won't make friends with somebody that might be a little bit bigger so like I just I worry you know that that is a thing that there are people that won't yeah uh, kind of make those relationships because somebody's different than them so yeah um 
So, Allison, specifically, I want to talk to you about this as someone who has, you know, teenage daughters. Mm -hmm. Do you think that we have made progress uh, in body positivity from when you were in high school to now, you know, Lauren's in high school? Um, I think so. I mean, back when I was in high school, people didn't really talk about it like Mm -hmm. we do now. But of course, social media wasn't a thing. Influencers weren't, you know, a thing at all. So it was a lot different. But at the same time, I know that there were, you know, hurtful comments made to people. Um, I mean, I've had body dysmorphia since I was a kid because I was not I mean, I wasn't big, but I wasn't the thin kid. Mm -hmm. And so even now, like the way I look at myself, I mean, my pants, my shirts, like everything I own is typically like probably a size too big in real life um, if I were to wear what actually would fit because I just see myself as bigger. And no one's ever actually said, hey, you're big, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, but that's how I see myself. So even when I was at my smallest or fittest or when I was working out all the time, I still wasn't buying size small, you know, items. I was still buying bigger things. So I think it's just, it's a lot to process and work through. High school right now is so hard. Like I, you know, some people are like, oh, if I had to do it over again, I would do this. I'm like, no, I (laughs) don't send me back. Um, Just because I feel like the longer you go and the more you're able to process and figure out who you are, like there is so much growth in that. But yeah, I mean, I was shopping today for back to school with Mm -hmm. my high schooler and, um, you know, a lot of stores we went to, I'm like, where's the other half of that shirt? Like Mm -hmm. you will get dress coded, you know? And she even said, oh, if you walk in with a shirt that's too small, the school has a shirt that you have to put on that says, I love the dress code. And I'm like, (laughs) that's crazy. But the fact they have that shows me that that's what a lot of students are wearing Mm -hmm. are, you know, shirts that show their stomach and stuff. And so, you know, shout out to the school for having (laughs) that because I'm like, can I just get that to wear? Mm Because I just love it. But um, yeah, it's just so different now. I wouldn't have thought to even ask to buy a crop top or something like that to wear Mm -hmm. back to school. First of all, I feel like my mom would have been like, (laughs) no, but (laughs) which is also what I said today. I'm like, "Uh, no, thanks. Um, But it's just, it's so different. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's so hard to explain, but I just really hope my kids, you know, even like I said, I have one that's 20. She's still a kid. Um, (laughs) I just hope they see themselves as who they are as people and not the size of their body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Our bodies are crazy, you guys. They do the most amazing things. Yeah. Yeah. We can grow human beings in here. Yeah. I mean, it makes my mind just like purple smoke come out my ears. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's incredible. So the fact that like we shame anybody for the size of their body or what their body can do or anything, like I just don't understand it. Yeah, yeah. It's wild. It's crazy. And especially because everybody's body is different in the way that we, like, even just down in processing food. Like, it's all different. (laughs) So it's not like we're all the same. We're not Mm going to look the same. So it's just unrealistic to think that way. 
Yeah. I was reading this uh, Relevant Magazine article. It's called Why Christians Should Have a Healthy Body Image. And this part I liked. It said, as followers of Jesus Christ, we must recognize the responsibility to respect the temple and develop healthy perspectives on food, exercise, and rest, even if Hollywood does not. And so my first thought reading that, it kind of threw me off because, you know, Normally, when people are saying, oh, your body's a temple, you need to respect it, that's usually a way to fat shame people. That's how I always heard it growing up. But they uh, turn it a little bit here. It says, how healthy is your perspective on your body? And it says, if you probably have unhealthy attitudes that need to change, accept the fact that no matter what size, weight, or shape you are, God sees you the same. He sees you as his child, his creation, beautiful, created in his image. No, you may not look like the world wants you to look. You look better. You look like what he wants you to look like himself. And I love that so much. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so good because, yeah, like I said, you're never going to be what the world Mm -hmm. thinks you should be. But I don't want to be what the world (laughs) wants me to be. Like, we're doing a different thing. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I love that too. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Andy. We're so glad that you were able to come on before you head off to college. And we wish you the best of luck at college. You'll have to let us know how those classes go and how much you're enjoying it. But thank you again for joining us today. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Uh If you have any questions or any topics you'd like us to talk about, you can email those to atypicaltalkpod at gmail.com. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at atypicaltalkpod and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We hope that these conversations today have helped you think wider, love deeper, and partner with God to bring the up there down here in your everyday life. Thanks for listening. Mm